You're listening to the Double Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wagner, and we are in the studio today with Jesse Janusi, who is from The Generator. She's an artist herself, too. Jesse, welcome. Hey. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Can we start like back in ancient history? How did you first get into art? It, was art part of your upbringing? No. Uh, my grandmother is an English teacher, so literature is part of my upbringing, very much so, and books, poetry. I thought that I was a writer, and I didn't think I was an artist for a long time. That's how I identified. And then I started making art. I was always friends with artists. At some point, you picked up some welding tools or some metal or something. How did you? How did that first happen? I think it's probably kind of because I used to do stage crew in high school. And then also I used to go to raves. So the intersection of those two things was when I began doing events and immersive events. I showed up to volunteer and all of a sudden I had a drill in my hands and then I was making large scale interactive art. How did you get to Reno and when? I got to Reno in 2015 by way of San Francisco, by way of Portland, by way of Philadelphia. I always say that like my life has just been like a beautiful spiral around Burning Man. So I started in Philadelphia, then went to Portland, and then went to California, and then ended up in Reno. The next move is to move to Gerlach, so we'll see if that happens. <laughs> closer, closer, and closer. Yeah. So your your own artwork, your largest and most ambitious piece that I know about is Baba Yaga's house. First off, who is Baba Yaga and why did you want to make a house for her? Baba Yaga is an ancient crone from the Slavic area of the world. So like the Balts and Russia, Ukraine, all in, in that neighborhood. It's a famous fairy tale there that people tell their kids at night. Um, the literature connection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she eats children. She's the where Hansel and Gretel comes from and where a lot of other fairy tales kind of were founded. But even though she's this like scary witch lady that lives in a house on chicken legs, she is also very helpful. And it really just depends on your merit, whether or not you're deserving of her help or if she's going to just eat you. She's not just pure evil. No, no. She's like all of us. It's all on you. Yeah. She's a regular human. What's your connection to Baba Yaga? I don't even remember the first time I heard that story. It's just been in in my body forever. You know, like it's one of those things where you're like, oh, the story has always been with me. It's pretty likely that someone in my family told me about it when I was growing up. My grandmother is from Nuremberg, Germany, and my grandfather's from Lithuania. I won't even try to pronounce the name of the town. <laughs> so we had a lot of German and Lithuanian fairy tales growing up, like the scissor man, whose legs are scissors. He just walks on scissors. And if you suck your thumb, he comes in the middle of the night and cuts your thumb off with his scissor legs. They were good and creepy back then. Yeah. The stories. <laughs> and everything was beautifully illustrated as well. You actually did make a giant house on giant chicken legs. And I really wish I could show everybody a picture of it, but this is radio. So instead, can I ask you to describe what it looks like? Sure. It's about 18 feet tall, maybe 22, whatever, between 18 and 22 feet. It's on metal chicken legs that are made out of kind of kind of like I-beam, like giant metal trusses and then on top of that is a whole house. It's one story and then a loft. I don't know. It looks like if you were walking in the woods and you came upon a chicken-legged house. 
And the inside is just stuffed with imagery and stuff and antique-looking things and kind of stained-glassy kind of pictures. How did you get all that in there? You must have had a... Yeah, I know you had a team. Yes. I had a, a deco team, which was Saw and uh, Shiny, and they were amazing, and Shannon. and But really, everybody pitched in things. And even my aunt from New Jersey sent me a box of like knickknacks and seashells and seeds and dried plants that I put in there. And that was very sweet. But yeah, every time we go out there, more people give us trinkets to put in Babiaga. And the second floor is all covered in flowers. So there's like 400 flowers in there. This piece debuted at Burning Man in, was it 2019? 18. 2018. Because a piece gets shown at Burning Man, that doesn't automatically mean it stays in the public eye. Like, that's a lot more work for the artist. Like, he could end up in a warehouse, or sometimes they end up in a city park or something. And your piece, Baba Yaga's House, is still on view. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the location that it's at and how people can see it. Yeah, so it's at Fly Ranch, which is by Gerlach. It's about, mm, I don't know, 15 miles past Gerlach, maybe. And you can see it if you sign up for a tour with the Friends of Black Rock High Rock. You just go to their website and you do the Fly Ranch tour. They usually do a morning tour and a nighttime tour. And you can go see the property, the beautiful geyser, uh, the wild horses, and also Bobby Yaga is on that tour. And we are working on a 3D tour as well with Burning Man. So that'll be really cool. Oh, what's happening with the 3D tour? It's just like a virtual reality thing that they're doing for the entire property. And they asked me to come up with some like notes and little videos and stuff that we can put in so you can go through it on your computer or you could put on a VR headset and, and experience it. I hope the whole world gets to see it now. Yeah, That's I'm excited. Awesome. There's so many people that are uh, abroad that really want to see it. So I love that I could just be like, bam, here's a link to it. <laughs> I'm super psyched that you're here because you, you have a million great ideas, but I always see you when we have like no time. And there's something that I've heard you talk about here and there that I want to ask you about. You've mentioned that it's important for women to have a presence in the industrial arts. Tell me more about your thoughts on that. Sure. That's a, you know, that's a big thing. It's really hard for women to step into spaces that are usually occupied by men, which is the industrial arts. It's still intimidating for me to walk into a shop, even though I've been welding for seven years or whatever, walk into a shop and not really know anything. And then there's a bunch of dudes there. And I feel like there's this like anticipated like, oh, you don't know anything because you're a female kind of vibe. Yeah. And it's just really challenging to overcome that. And one of the ways that we can do that is by showing up and being in the shop and then doing women's only classes and just being visible. You and your good friend and coworker, Alicia Dynamic, you do have this reputation of having brought a more feminist outlook to the generator and a more maternal and family oriented outlook. You both have young children. Can you, how's that playing out? It's awesome. <laughs> it's challenging. It's challenging to have your kids with you at work for sure. But our new uh, director of impact also has two young kids. So now we're the majority, I would say, like the people that have kids versus the people that don't. And it's been great because maker spaces should be all age spaces. And I'm excited to be able to be at the forefront of that. Definitely, it was difficult when it was just like me and then Ski and Kylie and that was the only people that had kids. I feel like now we can 
I don't know, support more families and support more, um, especially women artists that have young children. Yeah. So you've been doing lots of actually kids programming and kids uh, like family meetups and things, right? Yeah. And we also do free programs every Friday with Our Place, which is like a women families elderly shelter in sparks and we go there and there's about 70 kids that live at the shelter and we just do free art classes with them every friday and that is something i really wanted to see happen and it's been beautiful to watch that offering be received and those kids get really excited so oh that's wonderful yeah what's that scene like there like there's a a teacher and a a few kids and some materials Mm -hmm. and what's what's happening at that session and the kids get to make different crafts like they made paper plate spiders the other day and they made popsicle stick spider webs and yeah just a chance for them to be kids and have a normal experience for a moment you know I love it yeah so I want to talk more about the generator first a couple notes of disclosure I've been tangentially involved with the generator myself especially in its early years so I'm not a neutral reporter here and my husband, Jerry, is on the board of The Generator. And also, The Generator is an underwriter of mm-hmm. K-Wink. So small town, just want to make sure all, all, everything's on the table there. Transparency is key. Back to The Generator. It's been closed during the pandemic, and you've been working on getting into a new space. And during this time, I think a lot of people have moved into northern Nevada. So let's let's talk about it in terms for people who are new in town. When people say, hey, Jesse, what's The Generator? You haven't been able to say, oh, come see it, I'll show you. So mm-hmm. how do you how are you explaining it? I like to say it's like a third space. So people have, you know, two predominant spaces. They have their home and then they have their work. And then people like to have a third space that gives them, I don't know, a better, more varied life. So for some people, that's church. And for us, it's like our art church. <laughs> the generator's a gigantic makerspace with a wood shop and a metal shop and a lot of communal communal making space tools that everyone can use. It's like an art gym, art church and art gym. You just mix them together. <laughs> you get to you get the like the workout of a gym by making art and then you get the solace of a church by making art. I don't know. I guess that works. You're listening to the Double Scoop podcast. One of the events Jesse is about to mention, Haunted Halloween Mini Golf, was canceled, but I still wanted you to hear about it. Talk a little bit about Haunted Mini Golf. How did that come about? What is it? And how can people participate? Sure. Uh, It's actually a totally pirated idea from Portland. There's a thing called Smash Putt up there. And it's the same same kind of deal where people make DIY mini golf holes, preferably ones that are kind of dangerous or maybe even a little bit sexy (laughs) just adult (laughs) mini golf and we there's also like a bar and it's a whole vibe so i got to do smash putt a couple times when i lived in portland and when we came down here i was like oh i really want to bring this to reno i think it would work well here so now we do haunted halloween mini golf and that's every halloween jesse when the new generator opens it will be at adi and silverado in sparks tell us more about the location it's yeah. by Goodwill and a Dollar Tree, which is very convenient, and also a really good pupuseria that I eat at almost every day. And what about if people want to get involved as as artists? Are you taking applications from resident artists? Yeah. If you're looking for a studio space, we have a studio application, and then we also have a project application. We've received a ton of applicants, and our space is limited, so I recommend just filling out the form, even if you're not sure what you want to do, because there will likely be a waiting list. So just get on there now. 
Any news about the next punk rock flea market? Oh my gosh, guys, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. It's our five-year anniversary. No way already. Yeah, I know. And I'm really trying to figure out how to outdo ourselves. That's what I do every year. I'm like, how do we make it bigger? So we're talking about like a gladiator foam pit where you like are on like a you know, you have to walk the plank and then you just like have to fight each other and putting that right, like putting the stage and then the pit and then this gladiator thing that people can just jump on and like go crazy and fight and be insane. Either that or we're going to have to do one of those like motorcycle death balls. So I don't know. I think you thought of a way to make it bigger. <laughs> I think you did it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. One other thing, if you're listening out there and you love the flea market, I'm looking for a half pipe. If you have a half pipe and you want to bring it to the flea market, let me know. <laughs> the Generator has its own podcast, radio show, stream. Live what stream. It? Live, Live stream, stream show. Interview show, right? Yes, every Wednesday. Signal Boost. Yeah. Tell me more about it. Yeah, Signal Boost. So it's every Wednesday at 7 p.m. It's a live stream. You can watch it on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook. I'm still trying to figure out how to get to Instagram. It's a whole problem. And we just interview different arts and culture people in northern Nevada and spotlight different cool things that are happening. This week, we're going to have uh, Nick Ramirez from Mary Anarchy, and we're going to be at 40 Mile Saloon. And we'll also have our homie from Pineapple Pedicabs on there. So it's cool. It's Anybody can be on. It's really informal. It's, it's kind of like this show. It's a, a place for cool people to come up and talk about the stuff that they're doing. And we love to highlight everyone. So you can literally just email me at info at com if you want to be on our show and then a week later be on the show. So, okay, the pandemic has sucked for everyone. And you're, you know, your mom at home with little kids. I think that's been really hard. I want to ask you to tell me one story about something, something good that's happened in the last year for you as an artist. Or for you as a community leader. And I, I know so many things have been hard, but what went well this year? I think it was really cool to do the flea market virtually. I wasn't sure how that was going to work out, but it was great. We ended up recording six music videos, basically. And we did that as a bluebird. So six bands got to have this really cool music video of them performing live. And then we aired them during this really long live stream. And it's also how I got into live streaming. And everyone loved it. We had like... I think 600 people watching or something. It was real ridiculous and adorable, like people talking and interacting with one another, which felt so soothing after all of this time of us not being together to be together in this like virtual space in a real way. And after that, people kept being like, oh, when are you going to do this again? So it motivated me to start doing Signal Boost Weekly. And that has been incredibly fulfilling because it gets me connected to all these people, having real conversations, figuring out ways that we can help each other and just showing up for each other. And it's just hella cool. Yeah. And you and your colleagues really figured out how to hit the ground running with the virtual programming. That was great. You you got in there and you just figured out how to make it look really good and Thanks. how to be consistent. Nice work. Thanks. We could always use help. If you're if you're listening and you want to help <laughs> out on a live stream every Wednesday, we really it's just me and my best friend Alicia handling everything and it would be way cooler if there was more people. Is there anything else you want to talk about or anything else you want the community to know right now? Well, one thing is we're going to have a really big event on December 18th, and I don't want to spoil it by telling you guys too much, but it's going to be our first ever 21 plus event, and it's going to be very dark and interesting. So it's what I like to say about it, 
even though it's just it's never even happened before but i already have a thing i like to say (laughs) is it's like the antidote to your grandma's christmas party yeah december 18th mark it on your calendars and just be like something where it's gonna happen this night and i'm gonna go to it thanks for joining me in the studio jesse it's great to talk with you i'm so glad to catch up with you thanks so much it's been great You've been listening to episode 15 of the Double Scoop podcast. My guest today has been Jesse Janusi from The Generator. If you'd like to stay in the know about The Generator's grand opening and upcoming events, visit the website at therenogenerator.com. That's where you can sign up for the email list. If you'd like to visit Jesse's giant sculpture outside of Gerlach, Baba Yaga's house, a storybook house on metal chicken legs, visit the Friends of Black Rock High Rock website at blackrockdesert.org. The Double Scoop podcast is recorded at KWNK 97.7 FM, Reno Community Radio. If you're enjoying this podcast, one good way to help us keep making them is to become a Double Scoop member at doublescoop.art. Double Scoop's sound engineer is Nico Wagner. Our theme music is on loan from Reno musician Greg Gilmore. It's from his song, Who Am I? This episode received support from the Nevada Arts Council and the National Endowment for the Arts. You can listen to the Double Scoop podcast on KWNK 97.7 FM Sunday mornings at 8, or catch it anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I'm Chris Wagner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>